It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode of The Hive Jive, titled Beyond the Plastic Bear, originally aired on Patreon on May 14th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. <laughs> we gotta start the damn episode before we get in the episode um why does that oh because it's just bigger okay well anyhow sir um hi how are you i'm good how about yourself i'm doing all right hanging in there i am so 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 ready for all of the okay so yes and no I'm not necessarily ready for the quarantine and social distancing and all that stuff to be over, but I'm so ready for the remote broadcast telecommute in to do the show stuff to be over with because I'm over it. Um, I want to be back in the studio so I can actually see your face because that helps with the interactions and the fun and and it helps with the sound quality. Um, I have gone back and listened to some of these episodes and uh, and it's it, they're all over the spectrum, all over the board. Um, some of them sound okay. Some of them sound a little different, but again, that's kind of, it's what we deal with in the, the age that we're currently stuck in with all of this. So, but yes, I am ready to be back in the studio. That's, that's where I'm at. Oh yeah. It makes, it sounds a lot different. It sounds a lot better and I, and, uh, I can pick on you better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same, same for me. I can, I can see your face and then I can read your expressions and be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the other part of it too, though, is that, it allows us to go through and actually do some of our interviews and stuff with other people because we can either have them in the studio and have multiple people there or we can do the phone interviews because we're not tying up the phone lines trying to do our episode with you and I and then we can have the other people actually be on the phone with us and, and go through and do our interviews. So I am, yeah, I'm definitely ready for uh, for all that stuff to, to change. But um, even if we got to be in the studio, you know, wearing a mask and rubber gloves, I would still just be more happy sitting in there. <laughs> So. I've got an interview that I'm sitting here thinking about as we're talking. And Shannon, you have listened to what, three or four or five different uh, hive jives, and you're not a oh, beekeeper. He's put you on you, the spot. Huh? Am I going to put you on the spot? On the spot. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the hive jive? Do you enjoy it? It's informative on a topic that I know little to nothing about, but every week I learn something new. And that's what we're doing. There you go. So, that's what we're that was doing. a very you know, diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> She's very diplomatic, ain't she? Yeah, that was a very diplomatic answer. Way to go. You you really know how to answer topics without, you know, not saying too much, but saying enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, that's kind of where we try to get to. But uh, John is so good at what he does that he understands a lot of what, you know, different parts of the bees and different things and and yeah and uh me i just like honey <laughs> yeah well so we were actually talking um off the air about honey and uh, me bringing some in there for you shannon um how, how many like if you're aware how many different types of honey have you ever tried do you know you know the honey that comes in a bottle shaped like a bear <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you've been to Popeyes and they give you a little 
packet for your biscuit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Except on the back of that packet, I'm pretty sure the first ingredient is high fructose corn syrup and the last ingredient is honey. <laughs> That's my experience. <laughs> That's your experience oh. with honey. Well, so for uh, for us, there's, you know, you've got monoculture where you can have like tons and tons of one plant and in central Texas, we really don't have that. So that's why all of our stuff is called wild, uh, wildflower honey. And then the wildflower honey, though, can be divided into regions and divided into seasons. And you can have really early spring honey that's wildflower honey. And it is super light in color. It is super sweet. And it tastes like you're chewing on a bouquet of flowers. As it transitions over into summer, you get uh, a lot more kind of like full bodied, even like spicy notes to it. And that's what a lot of people kind of think of whenever they, they taste honey, because most of the honeys that you have in the store, it's everything put together and mixed up. And so it all gets kind of the same flavor palette to it. That way, when you buy it, it always tastes the same to you. But the summer honey is kind of the closest to that. And then as it transitions out of summer, it actually starts getting thicker. It starts getting darker and it can get to the point where it's almost like molasses. And that's just because all of the different plants in the spring, they make a lot of nectar. They don't have very many amino acids and um, other aspects and stuff to them. But then as the plant ages through the season and as the plants that actually grow and bloom later in the season, they sometimes will have less moisture content to the nectar, but they'll have higher antioxidants and higher amino acids and stuff in them. And that actually makes them darker and kind of richer. And so there's this whole wide spectrum of just wildflower honey in and of itself. But then out here, we can also do uh, mesquite honey. That is the true, quote unquote, varietal honey that we can get in central Texas. And then outside of that, you know, obviously you, you've got clover honey and alfalfa honey. There's orange blossom honey. Uh, Wahio and tallow, which are both uh, trees or shrubs. And, you know, so there's all these different things. But we go through, we usually do get a, a fairly decent um, kind of variety just from the wildflower aspect of it. And I can definitely bring you some in. Outside of that, to make things even more interesting, um, I do honey infusions. So I actually go through and I'll take our spring wildflower honey and I'll infuse it with other things like uh, the, the original one that we did and the most popular one is jalapeno infused honey. And so it actually is the raw honey infused with organic jalapenos and then they're filtered back out. And so you end up with this honey that has the, the fragrance of jalapeno. When you taste it, you get the initial taste of the pepper, not necessarily the heat, just the taste of the pepper. Then it's followed by a smooth, sweet. And then all of a sudden at the end, it has this warming sensation in the back of your throat kind of thing. Um, there's also... There, we've got a lemon one that we're working on. There's an orange mint, um, basil. We're phasing the basil one out. Um, but yeah, so there's different infusions too. So, oh, and lavender. I don't remember if I said that, but there's lavender infused honey as well. So there's all these different things of honey that can actually be be tried. And like you can go through uh, one of our guests, Tara Chapman, uh, Two Hives Honey. She actually got to go up to a honey sommelier class where they were just like you would do with wine and you can learn all the different aspects and attributes of the honey and you do all these tastings and samplings and stuff. And so she came back and uh, we did an interview with her afterwards and she got to tell us all about it. And it was actually quite amazing. The lady that puts it on is actually the owner of Red Bee Honey. 
And uh, so it's it's a pretty cool experience. But yeah, there's so much in the world of honey um, outside of that little plastic bear that they find on the shelf. <laughs> My favorite honey is pica de gallo honey. You know, you take, you infuse all the pica de gallo into your honey, and then you can put that on your taco. Yeah, um, there, if this were if this were a web series or a video series, there would have been a thing that flashed up on the screen that said "bullshit warning." Um, you know, in three, two, one, because that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> you know, it might be something it I have chunky. to work on. Hmm? Yeah, right. Chunky honey doesn't it sound good. Chunky. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> But. Yeah, Ken's always trying to get um, – so our one of our listeners in Australia, Brett, uh, works some sometime. He helps out on a, an avocado orchard, and he – Ken's been trying to get Brett to uh, come up with uh, guacamole honey. They had, they've had long conversations about what guacamole is to begin with, or not guac – pico, um, but going through and talking about guacamole honey and the different things for that, so – He's always on a kick, man. He's got to he's got to harass his Australian fan base any chance he gets. Any place that has a bathroom a uh, commode that goes the opposite direction of ours is wrong. <laughs> Are they like though? Half the world. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're wrong, Ken. They're just uh, different. They're and as not wrong, but and but, you know, now Shannon, think of this: if you live on the other side of the world. Does all your blood rush to your head? Only when you're flushing that toilet. <laughs> we or listening to Ken talk about flushing come toilets. After you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe just when Ken talks about flushing the toilet, does the blood rush to your head? We've even had him send video of showing us the, the sink when it drains. It's going the wrong direction. Did it have audio though because how do you know they weren't showing it to you in reverse <gasps> well because it was going down not up okay. it wasn't filling backwards so there that's a good catch though you know how do you know if you didn't actually be able to hear it but yeah it was it was actually a video it was pretty funny that actually came from um one of the hosts of the kiwi mana buzz beekeeping podcast in new zealand uh they were the ones that sent us that video whenever ken was back on that kick last year so that was actually pretty funny and you know the of course the space system uh, or space nasa in, in australia is a, it, it didn't cost near as much money to launch rockets in australia you knew that right is it because their toilets go the other way no 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 they just untie the ropes and they let them fall off oh okay yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now you have literally every bit of knowledge that Ken has learned about Australia from the last year. Um, I go hunting down there. No, I want to go to New Zealand and Red Deer, Red Stag. Yeah. Yeah, you keep saying you want to go do that. Um, Brett told you that uh, there was some different hunts that you could do down there if you, if you went down there. I don't want to fight a kangaroo. Well, that wasn't one of the ones that he offered. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, you know, we, we, we do have a lot of fun. We have so many listeners that we got a lot of listeners in Europe. We've had so many different come uh what one flew in here when they was flying the uh the cars to Coda and you met Tim. with him. Yeah. He was from Italy. Good old Tim. No, 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 no. That's where they were going. Oh okay. um yeah, Tim. Tim's actually based here in the United States, but he flies these massive cargo planes, 
and uh, the the planes are so big that they can literally put the fuselage of other planes inside them to transport them to the factories to finish the assembly of the plane itself. So, uh, but whenever Circuit of the Americas was doing one of the races, they came down here. I think it was uh, I was going to say Formula One, but I don't think it actually no, was. It was Formula um, One. But anyhow, they was it. Yeah. Um, they flew down here and they were the ones that brought the cars in. And then he was in town for like a 24 hour period. And the next morning they were loading the cars up on the plane to fly them to Milan, Italy. And that was really awesome. Uh, I got to sit down and do a, a chat with him that evening. And, uh, he's been sending us photos and stuff back and forth. And he and I actually talk on the phone every now and then he'll give me a call and ask some questions and stuff or just chat. But yeah, so that's Tim. Tim's awesome. We had um, our wonderful guest from Australia came up to Austin, and she stopped in the studio. I'm out of her, honey. <laughs> she got, she's going to fly back over here. Once the she got to yeah, she got to make smuggle. another trip. Yeah, smuggle honey in for you. <laughs> the the Jarabambra. Jarabambra. That's yeah, Jarabambra. And you um, like Werther's mint. Scott, the butterscotch. Not mints. Mint. They're not mint. They're I know caramel. It's butterscotch. It's caramel. Butterscotch. Yeah, absolutely. This is what this honey tastes like. I mean, it's it's tastes like your grandma's purse. Yeah, I guess so. I've never <laughs> drank like my grandma's purse. That's what but they okay. got in there. Those <laughs> Werther's candies. That's what's in there. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I mean, that's what it tastes like. It it tastes like a butterscotch. Uh, Werther's candy that's what it tastes like oh it's so crazy uh, yeah i'll shut up i, I, I need because you got to go pick up mother's day Brec breakfast brunch brunch breakfast yeah whenever she wakes up we'll figure out which one it is <laughs> ah yes 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 yeah um i definitely understand that my my mother decided that um for mother's day because you know everybody else is in quarantine and lockdown and and they haven't opened up salons and all that other stuff um i asked her i was like what do you want to do for mother's day and she was like i want you to color my hair <laughs> so that's what i will apparently be doing this afternoon is uh mom mom's gonna get some beauty treatment she uh she wants a little uh salon time so we'll we'll go through and we're gonna mix up some stuff and and color her hair for her because she's uh, like most everybody else out there in the world. They're like, oh my god, I need a haircut. I need my hair colored. I need all this stuff done. <laughs> like you know, that's the one thing that I have enjoyed watching over uh, with this here. Uh, you know, all this, the the beauticians and all that are. Well, I hate that they're out of business, but now they are back open. But on the news, when you're watching the news and you've seen this one uh, news girl forever, and she's always been blonde, always been blonde, and now they got black roots. <laughs> and suddenly she's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The hairstyles, you know, they, they've all started changing and, and uh, you know, they because they've always, you know, especially if you're on TV, you've got a crew that comes in and they, they give you a nice style and a do up and get you all good to go. Uh, and then when you're at home, it's like, all right. And you've started seeing celebrities and stuff where. You know, they're they don't even look like themselves because there's no makeup on their hair's not done. You know, they're, they're not styled at all. I saw Kelly Clarkson on TV and yeah, I was listening to her talk and I was like, man, her voice sounds familiar. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out who she was at first. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy. But they uh, yeah, there's there's been a lot of changes and stuff. I did. Um, 
just kind of a little shout out video. And I had gotten home from being out at the the apiary all day working bees and stuff. And uh, I had taken off my hat and kind of shook my head. And I mean, right now, like my hair is long. I can pull my hair down to the tip of my nose. Um, and uh, it's usually like if I am actually out in public and I don't have a hat on, it's usually styled or combed back, you know, and, and kind of combed over or something so that it actually is all up and you don't actually notice how long it is. But uh, I had my hat off and I shook my head and I was like, there you go. You know, it's uh, it's it's reality. This is what we all look like now. <laughs> We're all shaggy and bushy and, and uh, in dire need of uh, some pampering. <laughs> well, I think I'm just going to go have them cut the front of my hair and leave the back alone. So I'm just going to go back to mullet. I'm going to go back to wearing a mullet. You're going to have a mullet? Business in front and party in the back. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh We'll just call you Billy Ray. Yeah, call it good. Pretty much. <laughs> just, just change your name. You'll be Billy Ray from here on out. The Billy Ray, the beekeeper. Yeah, Billy Ray, the beekeeper. B B B. Yeah. B R B. B R B R B. Be be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Ray, the beekeeper, yeah. will be right back. Yeah, oh man. So, I don't know. Uh, we did talk about your you guys push the tree over and you don't know if you got your bees or not inside there. So fingers crossed, hopefully they have not absconded and left, or if they did decide to come out of that little hollow they're in, they went into your box. But if not, um, hopefully your new inverter that you got will work and you can use your bee vac for the first time and get out there and suck them out of that hollow. Yep. That's what we're going to do this afternoon. And, uh, the trap outs, it's doing good. Plenty of bees in it. John says, they ain't all there yet. He says, they're still the no. nurse. Nurse bees don't fly. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, when they first emerge out of their cells, their first task is to go through, like they, they kind of wobble around. It takes them, you know, about a day to kind of really get used to their new appendages and whatnot. But, um, they go through and they start doing cleaning chores and they clean out cells and get them prepped and ready for the next, uh, next round of eggs or the next, um, you know, food storage or whatever the purpose of that, that cell is going to be from then on. And so that's their first tasks and they grow through and then they start becoming the nurse bees and they take care of the larva and they take care of the queen. But during that time period, they don't leave the colony. They don't go out, they don't fly. So it's only when they have been an adult bee for three weeks that they actually leave the colony for the first time and they do their orientation flights. And that's what you see outside your colony whenever the bees come and they're doing those figure eights and they're swirling and they get higher and lower and they kept, you know, they go way, way up. Those are orientation flights. And those are the bees that are now three weeks old and they're graduating from all of those internal chores to now they're going to be foragers and guards and they're actually going to go outside the colony and do the rest of their work and stuff out there and bring the stuff back. So yeah, those first two and a half weeks, three weeks inside the colony, they don't leave. So they don't know where home is and what's going on. And they're not flyers. They they can, especially as they get a little bit older. When they first emerge, they can't fly. They're, they're not coordinated enough for that yet. They'll just fall and crawl. Um, but, you know, after a few weeks, they do get that ability where they can. So it's uh, it's definitely kind of an interesting process, all the different things that go on inside the hive. But inside your trap out, you know, you you've got this situation where the queen is still in there. And if they still have food stores, you've still got the nurse bees inside there. They're still taking care of the young. They get them the larva raised up. They cap them. You then have capped brood. And then that brood emerges and you get a new wave of, of new bees inside there. And then all the bees that were taking care of those bees, well, they now graduate. So they come out through your funnel 
and then you trap them down into the box, but you've still got, you know, all these new nurse bees and they're going to go through and the queen's going to lay another round of eggs and they're going to take care of those larvae. And, you know, so if they've got, say you try to trap out at the wrong time of year and they had 40 pounds of honey in there, you're never going to get them out of there because even though they keep losing the foragers, if they have plenty of honey and plenty of pollen already stored inside the colony, they don't have to leave until they run out of food and no food is coming back in. So if they run out of pollen, then they can't get the protein that they need to raise the new bees. And then they might start to worry and and start to think, hey, something's not really right here. Maybe we should go ahead and leave. And then the queen and the nurse bees and any of the older bees that are still inside there, then they may abscond and try to leave the colony because they, they lost their protein source. But it really, that's one of the problems with the trap out is it's really, really difficult to actually get the queen out of there if they have food stores, you know, depending on the time of year that you do it. They're more successful sometimes coming out of winter because the colony already doesn't have a lot of food in there. But if you try to do one in the middle of spring or the middle of summer, they've they've already been bringing in food. And so the later into spring and summer it gets, the more food they've got in there, the longer it can take to successfully get them out of that cavity. So that's why I was joking with you and kind of picking on you and telling you that at best case scenario, you may just have cannon fodder or additional bees to add to another colony, or you may still have to plan on putting in the frame of eggs and larvae or giving them a new queen, because not always do you get that queen out of there just doing a natural trap out where you're letting them come out on their own and trying to deprive them of the resources. Something I want to ask all our listeners, and you'll be getting the the emails. I- I know. I was like, gee, thanks. I'll forward them all to you. <laughs> scrats. Who's raising scrats? I know we don't. We have Carnival. Now I'm fixing to order some scrats and re- requeen some high or colonies. So any of y'all out there got scrats? And let us know what you think of them. So um, the scrats is the nickname for the Saskatraz bees, which were actually raised in Saskatchewan, Canada is where that bee line came from. And I was talking to uh, the bee breeders at Honeybee Genetics where I get my Russian Carniolan queens from and asking them if they, you know, if they've had any dealings with them, if they knew anything about them. And they did point out the fact this because uh, Oliveras, the OHB, um, they are actually in Northern California and they're, they're just a few hours north of where Honeybee Genetics and uh, one of these other bee breeder places is at. And so they they are familiar with the company and they, they've heard of the name of the bee, but they have not actually ever experienced them, you know, so they didn't really have any any input on them either. But I still think that it, it's going to be kind of like um, kind of like the Russians as far as you've got people that love them or people that hate them. And one of the things that I've noticed about people talking about scrats is they either talk about how great of honey producers they are or they talk about they don't like their attitude but you don't ever hear those people say the opposite. You know, they're, they're, they're always polarized and they're fixated on those two things. I've never heard anybody say, well, they really great at this, but they do have these, you know, these shortcomings or these drawbacks. And that's kind of one of the things that makes it interesting or, you know, kind of makes me wonder what, you know, what they may truly be like. Um, you know, but if you and Max would uh, get off your tushes and just order some and get them in, you could answer these questions for us. <laughs> We're going to. And then uh, one thing about, you know, that is one of the things I have heard is there they seem to be a meaner bee or a more 
testy bee than a corneolan. And so I'm sitting there, well, dealing with these damn red-headed mutts that we deal with, they ain't testy at all. Well, see, that's the other half of it that is, I mean, it's all perspective, right? So any bee that you compare to a true carniolan bee is going to be more testy than a carniolan bee because the carniolan is rated the lowest at defensiveness and aggression. So every bee, the Italian bees, Caucasians, all of them are going to be more testy than a carniolan because the carniolan is the lowest. And the Africanized bee, um, for most people, the Africanized bee is the highest. Um, so it is, you know, it's this range. Nothing's going to be meaner than that one and nothing's going to be nicer than this one. So they're all going to fall in the middle there somewhere. The real question is going to be, is a scrat more defensive or more testy than an Italian? Because an Italian is two levels above a carniolan, you know? So it's like, or one level above a carniolan. I think they rank it a two. Um, but anyhow, so, you know, that's going to be the real question is like, where do they fall in there? Are they a three? Are they a four? Are they a five? Um, you know, a, a Russian bee, for instance, is an eight on that scale, whereas the Africanized bee is a 10. But in comparison to the 10, the eight feels like a one. <laughs> so, um, you know, it can, that's why I say, you know, compared to our Africanized genetics that are intermixed with our stuff and some of our redheaded mutts we deal with, the Russian bee seems like a teddy bear. Like it's all perspective. It's all what you deal with. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see. But yeah, if, if any of you guys use Scrats, definitely shoot us an email, um, shoot us a message on social media. You guys, by this point, you're all patrons, so you should all know how to do this. But you can message us through Patreon. You can message us on Instagram. You can message us on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram are both at the Hive Jive. And uh, you can shoot us an email. The emails go to info at thehivejive.com. So any of those things, go ahead, do it. And also for all of you guys, you should also realize this as well, because you guys have heard us do listener questions and whatnot. But anytime you have a question or anything like that, and you know, you're just curious about something, go ahead and, and shoot us a message or shoot us an email. We're always happy to go through and respond um, you know, we, we try to do the best that we can once in a blue moon, it might take me, you know, you might wait 24 hours before you see that response. Um, but usually if, if I've got the phone there and I see it, I try to respond that day so that I don't forget also. Um, but yeah, go ahead and shoot us a message. Cause we're always happy to go out there. We're always happy to, to try to help out where we can. And uh, especially for you patrons who are helping support the show and, and make it, you know, what it is and even bigger and better and everything, we will absolutely try to answer your questions. Um, we really probably should do, uh, another listener question episode. Actually, I should put that out there, uh, on social media for people to, to send in their questions and stuff via email so that we can do another listener question episode. We can do that. <laughs> Yes, we can. Oh, is Shannon still here? Does she have to take off already? Nope, she's still Yeah, she's still there. here. I was going to say, I was, I was watching the clock. It's getting close. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, hopefully everything goes well for you up there, sir. And you guys uh, do get to make some progress. And maybe your your inverter, like I said, works. And you get those bees trapped out. But if not, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll hear about it next week, I'm sure. Well, you will. Yeah. And uh, you guys got to go ahead and get them scratch ordered so that we can, uh, if the listeners don't give us answers, you guys can tell us for yourselves. Go through and experiment with it and see what you think. 
Um, oh, mm-hmm. you need to get your bees moved, though. If you're going to move them to Mason, they need to go. Yeah, no, I need to get them over there. And then, yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to move them yet because I don't have gates and a bunch of my fences are down over there. And I got to thinking I moved six or eight hives over there and somebody comes through there in a suit and they go in there and close them up because we don't live there. And, yeah, uh, we won't go into that because <laughs> probably some people listen to us. But, uh, you know, uh, it's just they're too easy to pick up. You know, it's like California. Yeah, well, what if um, what if you just took one or two so that you could get the you could see the difference between leave a couple of them there uh, at the lake yeah, and then that. take one or two up to Mason and put them up there and have them set up identically with the same amount of boxes, same amount of comb, and then see which one does better, see which one has a better nectar flow. Um, but you need to get them up there like like literally this week they need to get up there because you need those last three weeks of May and you need all of June for them to actually be able to draw out the comb, fill it in with honey and get you a honey harvest. Okay. I can do that. We can do, we can move the ones from Rick's and those two. I think those would be a good ones to take. Sure. There you go. And then you don't have to go out to Rick's. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So there you go. That's your, that's your homework assignment. Get those out there. And then we can talk about that. You got my flow high together yet? I was just getting ready to say my homework assignment is going to be to put together your stupid flow hive for you um, so I can get that up there to you and uh, we can put it on one of the colonies. And then that way they have the next three weeks of May and, and the last part of June to fill it with honey and cap it off. And then we can go through and we can talk about it. Yep. Sounds good to me. All right, there you go. So we've got our assignments. <laughs> I think right now we need to let uh, Shannon go get breakfast yeah we'll we'll go ahead we'll wrap it up here for everybody like i said we got our assignments we're good to go so thank you all for tuning in thank you all for helping support us and being patrons and uh we will talk to you next monday and then again next thursday so stay tuned for more but until then you guys be good be good and be safe and stay healthy and let me know about scrat all right everybody bye-bye y'all be good family we'll see y'all on the other side This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.